Today's reading is Isaiah 25, six to nine. It can be found on your screen. This is God's word. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, I invite you to pray with me. Our God of grace, in a troubled world, we look for uh, answers and hope. In a noisy world, we ask that you still our hearts and bring us into the peaceful space where we can listen and trust and learn about who we are and how you have reached out to us. As we bring all kinds of worries and troubles and as we ponder um, some of the horrors of the headlines and the realities of sickness and the fears of this world of decay. We come in the season of resurrection and new life and the promise of being made through Jesus into a new creation. Would you open that up for us now in such a way that our lives might be changed? Would you meet us in our doubts, our griefs, our joys, our celebrations? Whether we shed tears today or whether we smile as we put plants in the garden, May we find that you abide with us very closely and very richly. And may we make sense of this broken world with the hope of the empty tomb. In Jesus' name, amen. In ancient times, this passage came to the ears of the Israelites. A passage that um, the verse I really want to focus on today is verse 8. He will swallow up death forever. In ancient times also, Plato put some words on the lips of Socrates in one of his writings. And the, and the, the question went like this, a very human question, a very human question to ask as we face the realities of this world. And this was the question, must not all things at last be swallowed up in death? Our Bible passage today says death will be swallowed up, but the human question that we naturally usually start with is uh, we begin to ponder and wonder, do, are we supposed to just kind of become okay with death? That it's just in somehow natural and it's just going to swallow up everything, so you might as well just get used to it. A man uh, about a month ago died of COVID-19 here in California and in the obituary, um, there was uh, these couple of lines that it closed with. In closing, Rick made his transition to death peacefully, and he shared these final thoughts with his wife. He said, the end of the day is a nice time. 
the end of life should be no different. Perhaps that's common. I would say that's common to come, try to come in some way to terms with death as not all that bad, not all that scary, just something that's sort of the natural cycle of things. So we have to overcome our horror and fears of it. Well, I don't know how well that will work out for you when death uh, comes in an untimely way, when death strikes in an unjust way, when death comes invasively through disease or pollution or corruption, my, my, my thought is that it, it'll be tough for us to just view death as a nice time, like that nice time at the end of the day. And apparently Jesus felt the same way because when he approached death, he cried out in terror, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even Jesus, who knew his death and predicted his death and predicted it would bring redemption and that he knew he would rise from the dead, even, even with all of that, it is a time where Jesus experiences the great unnatural abandonment of God. And so that kind of exposes our dilemma this morning as we see this passage saying that death will be swallowed up forever. You know, a lot of the, the book of Isaiah, it's tough. It's a difficult, difficult book to enter into because it's not a narrative and it's not real clear what you take away from it. It's, it's, it's uh, poetry and it's all over the place. It's not chronological in many ways. Much of the book of, of Isaiah is God pronouncing judgment on the ways of death that the nations and the world had been implementing to get ahead, not trusting God, but utilizing means of death and deadly destruction to get their way into control. And even the God, God's people, the people of Israel, were going that route. And so over and over again, God condemns this human trend to dominate and control by deadly means. And God points out his love and compassion and protection of the powerless and the weak and the poor who were trampled on over and over and over again. And in that context, God says he'll swallow up death, but here we are, not in ancient times anymore. And still today, does it seem like anything has changed? As we experience and see the violence and the, and the, the deadly violence the deadly racist violence against Asian Americans in our country highlighted most horrifically in Atlanta, but also in the beginning of the year in the Bay Area, a scary trend. We see so many examples of this violence, of deadly ways, atrocities in Myanmar, Myanmar that are just chilling, just horrifying violence carried out by the regime that wants to gain control and stay in control. But there's ways that go unnoticed even as someone might dispense of a fetus merely because of the inconvenience 
that she'll bring on someone's life. Or something that's before all of our eyes almost every day in the last few weeks, the foot of authority planted firmly on George Floyd's neck last spring. The ways of death, the deadly ways of the kingdoms of this world are still there, but we're told in this passage that God will swallow up death for all peoples. How is this going to work? <sighs> you know, when uh, gospel writer Matthew reports about Jesus on the cross, I want to read this. I don't know if you've ever read this or noticed this. It doesn't get a lot of airtime. But this is what Matthew says, right after Jesus uh, pronounces those words, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. At, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rock split, and then listen to this, the tombs broke open. <laughs> the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Do you know that that was in there, <laughs> in Matthew's account? Something is happening when Jesus enters into Holy Week, when Jesus enters and approaches the cross. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, we're told that, that there's sort of this, this, this um, itinerary of what God is up to through Jesus. And one of the things is that all of the enemies must be vanquished. And the final enemy, we are told, is death. The final enemy is death. And it seems that by willingly entering into death, Jesus, God's son, is dealing a death blow to death is giving death a death blow by going to the cross. I don't know how, how to understand that always when we deal with so much death that hasn't been swallowed up yet in our world, but I just want to give you one illustration that I know is not going to be everyone's favorite. I know that up front, okay? So let's be very gracious and forgiving about this illustration, especially you animal lovers out there, okay? But but listen, I think just just hang with me. Okay, so when I was when I was young, and my bro I remember very distinctly the first time that my brother said, "Hey, Mark, come see. I want you to see my pet snake eat a mouse." Okay, it's feeding time for the pet snake, and let me tell you, nothing can grip a young child's mind more than the sight of this for the first time. It is like everything else completely leaves your brain, and you're just transfixed because you've never imagined anything like this in your world. It's captivating. Because what happens, and I, I have to explain this, just because if this is going to work, you've got to listen to this. I mean, you, you, can, you can cover your ears, but this is, this, is, this is the illustration, okay? So the mouse is dropped in, the snake smells it, goes and finds it, strikes at it. And it's a, it's a quick and violent strike, wraps itself around it until the mouse is not moving anymore. Now, if, I, if you were to ask me how, what well, I would have thought would happen, it would be one strike with the mouth and then begin to swallow it. But it's not how it works. After the, the creature is lifeless, the snake lets go and there's this sort of in-between time. So just sort of like relaxed, sniffing around, 
I don't know what the snake is thinking, but eventually it's it starts releasing its jaws and separating them, and then it begins to swallow the mouse whole. And it's unbelievable how giant the mouth gets and how completely it swallows this thing, and then you watch this lump follow down. Now, I'm sorry for everybody. Go ahead and email me. It's, you know, I know some of you are horrified. But listen, I think there is something in there, and maybe I'll never use that illustration again, but maybe there's something in there about that in-between time that helps us understand where we are right now. On the cross, as Jesus deals death a death blow, there's an in-between time. It is not yet swallowed up yet. And yet, for those of us who are Christians, something with Christ has changed for us. Death's hold over our psyche has been broken. There is no, there is no wondering where this is all going to lead. Death is getting swallowed up even though we still face the way that its hold can, can uh, present itself over our lives and in our world. Something's different now. God is so constantly available and ever-present. As Jesus said, where two or more are gathered together, there I will be. Death is no longer at all threatening our connection to God. How? How does that work? Well, those, that very moment where Jesus in death is saying, I've been abandoned. My God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus entered into the abandonment so that we never have to fear. If we're in Jesus, we never have to fear that we'll be in that place of abandonment. And so death has no hold. Um, there's another Chinese-American church in Sacramento that about 15 years ago, when um, maybe, maybe 12, 13 years ago, when one of our early attendees of our church, her mother had died. And her mother was a member of this Chinese-American church. And Lisa and I went to the funeral, and um, towards the end of the funeral, um, the choir got up. And... They sang this song in four-part harmony with simple four-part accompaniment on the piano. It's a classic song that the tune I knew well and the words I knew pretty well, but they were singing it in Chinese. And even though I didn't understand a single word of the song, it was the most beautiful thing about maybe the top two or three most beautiful things I've ever experienced in my life as they sang abide with me and let me just read these words and close with this as we consider how the christian and the christian church enters completely admits the horror of death and the wrongness of death and yet is filled with a hope and a sturdiness amidst it. Listen to these words. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away, change and decay in all around I see. 
O thou who changest not, abide with me. I fear no foe, with thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight, and tears no bitterness. See, the tears are still there. They've just lost their bitterness. It goes on. Where is death's sting? Where grave thy victory? I triumph still, if thou abides with me. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. Let us pray. Lord, fix our eyes on your son, Jesus, whose journey to the cross, as he let death swallow him up, so that someday the risen Christ, the ascended Christ, the returning Christ would swallow up death forever. May we live in that hope. May we live in the confidence of your gospel that tells us you abide with us in life and in death. Amen.